Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, uh, good morning, and I'm so glad that I have people in this room worshiping and adoring and praising the Lord with me, and we're going to break the bread of life here in a moment. Um, And I want to thank those who are listening um, by the internet right now, either by live stream or maybe later on recorded. Um, Either way, I want to invite you, at the end of the message today, uh, we'll be um, taking communion together here in this room. And I want to remind those of you who are of this body, we are open. Um, If you feel um, brave or bold enough to come and worship with us on Sundays and Wednesdays, Wednesdays, we are practicing social distancing, as it were. But we are open, and we, we do have some people in this room right now. And if you are looking for a church and you're in the Dade City area, I hope you'll consider making us your home as well, visiting with us and worshiping the Lord together. Amen? Amen. Amen. So as I am, um, I want to give those folks who maybe want to participate from home later uh, the opportunity to take communion with us. So if you're listening now and you'd like to do that, um, please go and get your elements ready. Go ahead and uh, just get a little bread. If you have a little bread in your house or if you have, I know what we like to do. Michelle likes Mexican food, so she likes those tortillas and So we have some of those laid aside, I'm sure. And and juice, whatever juice you have, grape juice, it doesn't matter. Whatever juice you have, what matters is what we pray and what we have in mind when we do it. What we know in our hearts and in our minds, what it symbolizes. Amen? So if that's you at home, please gather those things together. Um, Just take a minute. And also, if you have notebook handy, I'm going to, here in this church, we'll have some scriptures up on screens. But um, if you want to go ahead and write down some references so that you could go back later. I sure hope you will. But then also, most of our texts, or a lot of the texts this morning, will be in Hebrews, mostly chapter 12, and Ephesians, mostly chapter 2. But I'll be jumping around a little bit here and there, as always is the custom. Amen? Amen. So as those folks are gathering their elements and maybe getting notebooks, I just want to say, God, we love you today. Father, we appreciate the opportunity just to gather here again, but also, Lord the opportunity to go into people's homes, to gather and worship by spirit, in spirit, with people who are in their homes right now. Father, again, whether they're listening by a live stream or whether they're listening sometime after this is actually ministered, it doesn't matter. Your word, Father, knows no bounds. Father, your word is life. Jesus, you said it out of your own lips. My word is spirit and life. So, Lord, I pray that whether this recorded, whether it's live stream or whether it's those of us who are in this very room, Lord, reveal to us your word. Lord, we want a revelation. Father, most of the people in this room, and, and I would venture to say a lot of them that are listening, probably have read or heard or um, meditated on some of these scriptures that we'll use today. But Father, I pray today there's a freshness Today, Father, you minister a new revelation, a depth, Father, that it brings new life to all who are listening, all who will hear. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen Amen. and amen. So we're going to begin, I gave you those other references, but we're going to begin in Luke. And and for you folks that are in here, uh, some of this will be on the screen, so don't worry about turning back and forth, but you can take notes. I don't want you to miss anything. In Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 46, this is Jesus speaking. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. 
And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Now, again, this is a scripture that so many of us are familiar with and, and we understand. Go further, it says there's one who was builded on the sand and you know, it gets washed away, so on and so forth. But my brothers and sisters, today, let me take you to Hebrews 10 real quick in verse 24. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as become the custom of some, especially when you see that day approaching. My brothers and sisters, this scripture we've been in and out of just a little bit here and there, but during this ministry, and certainly those of you who have been with me for quite a while, I refer to this scripture quite often because so, so often we see that people are busy, they're very busy, people are, are, are taking care of kids, they've got jobs, and, and sometimes they just say, well, it's okay, I can get church you know, from my couch, I can go ahead and listen, and I can do this, and thank God you can, especially in a situation like we are in now. But my brothers and sisters, again, I know I'm repeating myself from other messages, but you need to hear this. Because my brothers and sisters, when we neglect the coming together, then we also are neglecting the stirring up, as it were. How do I know that? I'm smart. No, because it says it right here that we need, to, we need to get together so that we could stir each other up in love and good works. We need to stir each other up. We need to hold each other accountable. We need to bless each other. Uh, so many times during this process, I mean, we'll call people and we, uh, how are you? Is everything okay? And so many times over that phone, they'll say, I'm fine, everything's good. But I would venture to say that most of the time, they're not being 100% honest. They do need something. It's so much better when you can see face to face and look at somebody's eyes and you can, you know, and you can, and get a sense, an intuition, if you will. No, a discernment in the spirit. And you can minister to the need right there. Hallelujah. Isn't, see, we're made for that. We're made for that social atmosphere, not for social distancing. We're made to have this relationship which requires us to be close, to love on each other, to keep each other accountable, and to keep each other stirred up. Hallelujah. So today, the message is going to be stirred, not shaken. Because there's a lot of people that are being shaken right now. Stirred, not shaken. We are stirred, but we are not shaken. This virus, this thing, that thing, the other thing, all that stuff, it, 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 man, it doesn't shake me, and it shouldn't shake you. It should stir you up. Hallelujah. You know what? Sometimes I get stirred up, and it comes out like anger, but it's not angry. I'm just stirred up, fired up. My God, I do not want the church, His church, cowering in fear. Just sitting back and just, man, I wonder what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. Hallelujah. Let me get started before I really... Okay, now in 2 Corinthians, verse 1. Now concerning the... Uh, I'm sorry, chapter 9, verse 1. 2 Corinthians 9, 1. Now concerning the ministering to the saints, it is sur- superfluous for me to write to you, for I know your willingness about which I boast of you in Macedonia and Achaia, was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. What has stirred up the majority? Their zeal. Their zeal. See, they're, they're, 
their, ang- their anxiousness, their willingness, their fire to go ahead and bless the churches has stirred up the other churches, has stirred up the other brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's, that's about relationship. That's about, that's about us keeping each other stirred up in the good works and in the love. Amen? That's what this is about. Man, we should be stirred, not shaken. We should be stirred. Stirred up. Activated. Motivated. Hallelujah. Amen. Overflow. Think about it. Any, any, anything you want to... Man, we should be stirred up. We should not be... You know, i, I got to go here. I, I, I thought, on my way to church, I'm thinking about this. You know what came to mind? David. King David. When he was just a young boy. And this Goliath has the army of Israel, the whole army of Israel, pinned down. They're scared. They're shaking. They're scared. David, little old David, the shepherd boy, the one who had relationship with God, the one who understood God, the one who had experience with God, the one who was out there writing songs, tending the sheep, and praising God, having relationship with God. That one, that one little boy looked at that giant and said, there is no way that he should be allowed to do that. There is no way that that threatening, that, that, that Philistine, that, 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 that non-believer... That pagan, there's no way that that one should defy the armies of the Lord Most High. No way! I'm not going to stand for that. And I know God is not going to stand for that. Hallelujah. So, man, we need more Davids. More people who are willing to stand up. No, not stand up and say, hey, I'm all this. No, those who would stand up and say, God is all this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now I'm going to jump down to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm beginning in verse 25. Some of it will be up here, and please write notes and check me out later on. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. Let me give you a little context, okay? I don't want to read all of it to you, but now what he's speaking about, he being uh, the apostle, probably Paul wrote Hebrews, but we don't really know, but it was probably Paul. So what he's saying is, see, who, see that he who speaks, he's, got, he's gone before and he's using um, the children of Israel as the example when they were around Mount Sinai and when the Lord was speaking to them with thunders and lightnings, how they were afraid, okay? Okay, so see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he is promised saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, not the things which cannot be shaken may may remain." That the things that which cannot be shaken may remain. The things that cannot be shaken may remain. Did you hear that? God is shaking us up. God is shaking things. God is allowing the shaking. God is allowing the shaking. And so when the apostle says here, he's yet once more I shake not only the earth but also heaven. He's he's actually quoting from uh, Haggai. The prophet, chapter 2, look it up. And this is God saying, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to shake things up. You're going to, I'm going to reveal my glory in a way, but I'm going to shake things up. My brothers and sisters, shaken. I'm not shaken. Those things that could, sh- man, no, I'm stirred. Why? 
the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Tony, do you have that scripture? That's uh, Hebrews 12. There you go. 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. Do, do you see what he's saying? Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaking, this kingdom that will remain. We're in it, we're of it, we're part of it. We're, my brothers and sisters, do you see what this is saying? This is an eternal kingdom which will remain. We can be confident in it. But look what it says. Since we're receiving this kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace. What? Unmerited favor? Let us have grace. Let us go ahead and, and grace says that, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's not earned, it's given to me, and so I could go ahead and live my life and not worry. No. How, see, let us have grace by, by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So the grace is what allows us, empowers us to live acceptably before God. Come on now, if this is not helping us define what grace really is and not that old greasy, slimy stuff that lets you get away with anything you want to get away with because now you just named the name of Jesus. No, 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 no. Grace is is so well defined. The grace is what allows us to serve God acceptably. The grace empowers us. The grace allows us to understand God, and now we reverence Him. We don't take Him lightly. Hallelujah. For our God is a consuming fire. And see, our God is a consuming fire. And for those of us who are using this grace, who are, are, who are providing and growing in this grace, and we're reverencing God and we're serving Him acceptably, He's burning all of that nastiness out of us. He's burning all of that nastiness. He's a consuming fire. He's burning all of that nastiness out of us. Hallelujah. But He's shaken. Things are shaken, and only those things that remain are going to stand. Amen. Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 14. Some of this will be up. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. So uh, let, me, let me break that down just a little bit for you. So what he's saying is, now he's speaking to the, the Gentile church, the Ephesians, and he's saying, now, there's no more separation between Jews and Gentiles. That's been separated. That, uh, that was separating you. That's been broken down. So now there's peace. Not peace, lack of war, peace, oneness. Now there's oneness. Now it's together. Now it's whole. Are, are you with me? You follow me? Okay. Hallelujah. And, verse 16, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity, the opposition. And, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. So he's meaning, he came and he's preached peace to the Gentiles and peace to the, uh, to the Jews. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Everything's one. No more wall of separation. But then he also preached peace. What, that we should be one? Sure, that we should be one. But that word peace is transliterated from a, or translated from a Greek word which is the same word as the Hebrew word shalom. It means prosperity. 
It means wholeness. It means one. It means solid. It means secure. It means, hey, I'm all that because of Him. Hallelujah. He gives us peace, prosperity, wholeness, wellness, security. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 19. We got that? Yeah, praise God. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having built on the foundation, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, so now I'm starting to get the indication. And you say, well, you know, who didn't know that? Well, just hang on. It'll get better. Yeah, Jesus is this firm foundation. If we're standing on this firm foundation, we cannot be shaken. Or we shouldn't be. We could be stirred. We should be stirred. In fact, if we're not being stirred, then maybe we better check where we're standing. Hallelujah. I didn't get a lot of amens. I heard a little, mm-hmm. Uh, I hope somebody's amen and across the, uh, the, the country here somewhere, somebody listening to this. Uh, but now let me show you what it says in Isaiah. And this is centuries before. Therefore, Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes... Say, say it loud. Never be shaken. Need never be shaken. You'll never be shaken. If we are firmly planted, if we are building our lives, if we're conducting our lives, if we're walking after Jesus, we are firmly planted on the foundation who is Jesus Christ. And nothing should shake us. Now look, I know some of you think, and maybe not in this room, maybe outside, some of you think, well, you know, it sounds good, but remember, if you're being led by your butt, you're going the wrong way. So let's go back now to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Work hard so you can present yourselves to God and receive His approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer. And is in the case of Hymenus and Philetus, they have left the path of truth claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone. Hallelujah. With, its inscription, with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are His and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. The, God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone. Jesus is the rock. Jesus is the Word. My brothers and sisters... Do you see what the Apostle is, by the Holy Spirit, ministering to a young pastor? And, and, and look at what he says. Be a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly explains the word of truth. Who correctly explains the word of truth. See, God's truth is like this firm foundation stone. God's truth Jesus, the Word, God's Word, Jesus, the Word in the body, we have the Word. It's the firm foundation stone. So, so listen, it doesn't take a brain surgeon or a spiritual giant to figure this out. We're being told that we need to plant our feet, build our lives firmly on His Word. 
His word is truth. There's one truth. It, can, it doesn't need to be analyzed. It doesn't change. It does not progress. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said it once. He doesn't have to change it. He knew exactly what he said when he said it. And he knew exactly what he said when he said it, that it would be eternal because he is eternal. My brothers and sisters, he is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. He says what he means and he means what he says and he doesn't change his mind. God is not progressing. God is all-knowing. God already knows it all. He's not waiting to find out new things so that he can change his stance. You know, he's not waiting for uh, doctors somewhere in a lab looking through microscopes and maybe injecting people with things to find out what works and what doesn't work as it were. God already knows what works. Come on now. Why you, you know, some of you look at me a little bit creepy. Just a little bit like a scan. You know what I'm saying? God doesn't need to experiment. God doesn't need a trial test. God knows exactly what works, exactly what doesn't work. God knows the end from the beginning. So now I've got this truth, you see. And, 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 and he's, he's saying, build your life on this. Because something's going to happen. I want to go back. I want to go back. You don't have to turn there or anything, but I want to go back to the, our opening scripture. That was in Luke 6. I will show you whom he is like. This is the guy who builds his house on the, who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood came, and when the flood came, and when the flood came, he didn't say in case the flood came. He didn't say if the flood came. When the flood came. When the flood came. It's going to come. Now, I don't care who you are, and I'm just going to use because we're in the middle of this situation that we're in right now. I don't care who you are. If you're a human being walking on the face of the earth, you may be subject to this disease, this virus, or whatever. It came. I'm not here to debate how it came, how it got here, what, 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 who cares? It came. I'm stirred, I'm not shaken. I know that there are people in this room and there are people who listen to me. Man, we're stirred in this moment. It came. But I'm not afraid of it and neither are some of you. Oh, we're going to use wise judgment. We're going to wash our hands as I've been saying over the last few weeks. But I am not going to be afraid. I am not going to live my life oh, so totally differently. Well, yeah, I'm going to eat at home a little bit more till they open the restaurants back up. Man, I hope they do that soon. Let's have a serious prayer after this. But I hope they do that soon. But my brothers and sisters, I'm saying something to you right now. This does not shake us. This stirs us. I'm going to be more fervent in prayer. I'm going to be more fervent to make sure that when I'm preaching, somebody's listening. And when they hear me preach, they're going to hear the Holy Ghost speaking truth. None of this wishy-washy stuff. None of this wishy-washy maybe, no, if, then, oh, yeah, everything's hunky-dory. No, I'm telling you, there are storms that are out there. And the enemy of your soul is real. And he's trying to take you out. But the only way He could take you out is by getting you to doubt what the Word of God says. He's trying to get you to doubt the truth. And if you will doubt that truth, He's got you. What? Well, if you doubt the truth, then your, your feet are moving off that. See, now I, I want to go back uh, to 2 Timothy because, he, you know, they name names. See, I love, the Holy Ghost ain't afraid to name names. 
See, we're all afraid in this day. We can't name names. Well, don't let me get started. <laughs> so you've got Hymenaeus and Philetus. These two guys. Now, Paul already called out Hymenaeus in the other uh, letter. And basically, he said him and Alexander, he basically turned them over to Satan for their body to be taken care of that they might repent and learn not to you know, use, be heretics. Not to blaspheme the Word of God. But now he's still at it in this second letter. Paul names him again. But what, look at what he says. They've left the path of truth claiming that the resurrection of the dead has, has already occurred. Okay, so now, I'm, I'm, when I'm thinking about this, I knew what I thought about it, so I, tried, I did some studying, read some uh, commentaries and some theologians and what all they thought. I've got to tell you, they're, they're mixed up too. I'm, I'm, I'm not mixed up. I feel pretty good because I think Paul says it this way. He says, the resurrection dead already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the truth. God's Word stands like a firm foundation with its inscription. The Lord knows those who are His and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. So they know that, my brothers and sisters, if we can go ahead now, that what they were probably t- teaching or preaching or whatever is that it's already happened so that being the resurrection's already happened, that everybody's okay. If you follow this, then everybody's okay. That's the only thing. Either that or they're saying that was you know, one resurrection and it's a spiritual resurrection, not a bodily resurrection. Therefore, you know, uh, there's only... One. But, but see, we already covered that. Remember the Easter message. Paul already talked to the Corinthians. In, in 1 Corinthians, he told them... And this is Timothy, by the way. Well, he already talked to them in the, in, at the church of Corinth. In 1 Corinthians, he said in chapter 15, he told them, if the resurrection, if the bodily resurrection of Jesus didn't happen, then we're still all dead in our sins and trespasses. And for all of those things, I don't want to rehearse that same uh, message that we had on Easter, but you understand that you were there. Most of you were there. You heard it. So, you know, so he's, he's putting this, they're sowing this little bit of doubt about the truth, getting people to maybe reason in their minds, well, maybe there is no resurrection, or maybe it's just a spiritual resurrection, and because I've already placed my faith and trust in Christ and it's done, I'm already sealed, I'm done, I'm good. And the reason why I say maybe that's it, because he's talking about they must turn away from evil. The Lord knows whose are His, and so they have to live a different life. They can't live according to the flesh anymore. They've got to live according to His Spirit. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at They've turned some people away from the faith. You would have had to been there to be turned away from it. They themselves would have been, had to have been on the path in order for them to leave the path. So there was some kind of an understanding. They were in, they were part of the church, and now they're preaching and teaching as still part of the church something different. And one of the things, again, is no, the resurrection of the dead has already taken place. And now people are starting to doubt what the Word of God... Now, I could have loaded you up with so many scriptures, and I gave some of them to you on Easter about why the bodily resurrection is absolute truth and why it had to happen. And I think most of us in this room, and hopefully most of us who are listening to us, understand that it had to happen. Because, number one, it was prophesied that way. Centuries and centuries before Jesus ever walked the face of the earth in a body, it was prophesied about how he would get here, how he would die, and how he would raise. How, how that body would come out of the grave. 
And, and remember, we, we spoke about this on Easter, but I just want to refer to this one specifically where David actually prophesying of the resurrection says, you will not leave my body in Sheol to see corruption. You're not going to... It's, it's body, it's not spiritual. It's not the soul that... Jesus came out, that body that went in the grave came out alive. And remember, because that's true, then we know that everything that was previously said in the Word of God is true. See, Jesus fulfilled all of those some 300 prophecies about the Christ, the coming Messiah. They were all fulfilled in that one human being or that one God-man, that one man that was fully God, fully man simultaneously. That one person fulfilled all of those scriptures that were, that were prophesied from the beginning of man time. In the garden, God Himself prophesied and said that there was going to be the seed of the woman that was going to crush the head of Satan. Hallelujah! And Jesus did it, didn't He? You're going to bruise His heel, but He's going to crush your head. And that's certainly what He did for me and for you. Hallelujah. So so now watch. You have all of that. So now Jesus said, listen, Jesus said this, I didn't come to nullify the the law and the prophets. I didn't come to, I came to fulfill them. So now I know that all of those things that were said in that Old Testament are absolutely true. Those prophets were, were under the influence of the Most High God. The Holy Ghost got all over them and they spoke the Word of God. Wow, awesome stuff, right? Yeah, but we're in the new. Yeah, but there's still some stuff that they probably Daniel. There's still some, Ezekiel. There's still some stuff in there that's about to happen, my brothers and sisters. So yeah, they were right all the way up till Jesus. So you know that they're right, continuing on. So we can take that to the bank, as it were. Actually, I'm going to take it to the bank of God because the banks down here, you can't even trust them. Ha <laughs> ha! Hallelujah! My brothers and sisters, listen to me. See, Jesus fulfilled. The law. He, 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 he absolutely, positively, all of the prophet's words were fulfilled about the Savior, about the Christ, about the Messiah. Jesus fulfilled them all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, I don't have any choice. That word is so true and He proved it. He lived it. He, 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 he walked this earth. And that, that New Testament you see now, I see, I see this image of the Lamb of God who was perfect, who never sinned, who gave up His life, who shed all of His blood for me, who let them beat Him mercilessly. I see that. I see the way He lived up to it. I see the way He forgave. I saw, I saw His compassion for people. I see how he, listen, I see how he worshiped the Father. I see how he obeyed the Father. How his will, his will lined up with the Father's will. How he didn't have his own. He made sure that he was doing everything that the Father said. He said, these words I speak, I speak what the Father gives me. These things that I do, I do what the Father has told me. Hallelujah. Even when the enemy of his soul and mine challenged him in the wilderness, what did he do? Get away from me before I bash you one. I'm going to call a legion. You better watch yourself. I'm going to call a legion of angels down here right now. They'll take you out. He could have did it, but he didn't. It is written. He stood on the Word. There you have the living Word professing the written Word, and he's standing right there on it, and the enemy could not do anything about it. All Jesus had to do... He didn't even say, Get away from me, Satan. He didn't say anything like that. He just quoted the Word at him. And then when the enemy tried to go ahead and take the Word and twist it just a little bit. No, 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 no. Jesus quoted what the Word really said. Hallelujah. Now let me ask you all something. 
If that was good enough for Jesus, why shouldn't it be good enough for me? Amen. See, He not only is the foundation, but He's also the cornerstone, the guide. He shows us what it looks like. You know, He sets that building aright. Yeah, it's the foundation. It can't be moved off the foundation. But then He's also that, you know, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Hallelujah. And it's God's doing. And we are marvelous about it. Hallelujah. We are just amazed with it and just marvel at it. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, I'm, but that's the problem. See, now, you know, we're living in this culture, and, and remember what I shared with you on Easter, you know, the churches aren't teaching the whole Word of God anymore, and, 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 and seminaries, and, and, and people are, even people who have called themselves Christians for years and years, they're starting to come, well, you know, maybe this isn't really, maybe, that, you know, maybe Jesus didn't really raise from the dead, or, you know, bodily, it was just, you know, His spirit, His soul, and, you know, and I told you, it's, it's really, it actually, got, it'll take me back, whenever I look at the Barna surveys, and the things as it relates to people who call themselves Christians, what they actually believe and don't believe, it's scary, because we're talking about the, 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 the fundamentals, the foundational things that, of, of our faith, the things that really mean something as it relates to being Christians. He's born of a virgin. But my brothers and sisters, it's not only that, where they would look at the Word of God, and um, I'm reading a book right now. I'm almost finished. And the book is called Saving Christianity? It's written by uh, Dr. Michael Youssef. And I've got his permission to use his quotes, so. But he tells a story in there, and I won't use names or anything because I don't want to, in case I do get a fact wrong, I don't want to say it. So I'm going to give you the gist of it. But he was saying that there was a church in a place where um, it was kind of, um, it was losing um, congregants and it was kind of hanging on. And a new pastor came in and he revived that church. I mean, him and his wife did a great job. They, they fed the poor and homeless and they started, you know, and they adhered to the word of God and, and they were just active and the church was was blossoming. They were growing and, and things like this. But now his denomination, that particular de- denomination started um, changing and allowing um, homosexual marriages and stuff like this. Now there was a group, uh, uh, he as a pastor and other pastors as well in that denomination as a group, you know, wanted to adhere to the scriptures. And so you know, they had their own little kind of association and praying for their denomination and not just leaving it, just praying for it and, and hoping that it would change. And then um, one of his bishops, uh, I guess, was supposed to, or that probably was their tradition, to preach in their church occasionally uh, their communion service. And so he, he, this pastor, said to him, I'd rather you didn't do that because you were one that voted for that change. So I give that guy credit. He stood up for the word. And he said, I know you know these scriptures. And he started to say those scriptures. And the bishop said, yeah, I know the scriptures. He said, but the Jesus that I, uh, I serve would not approve of those scriptures. That's this, I'm quoting directly from this book. And see what you, huh? I said, same thing. are you kidding me? Think about that. This is a bishop of a Christian denomination saying that the Jesus that I serve would not approve of those scriptures. Okay. Which ones does he approve? And write them down for me so I know what to preach and teach. Oh, and by the way, you say that, but what does the guy down the road say? And the one after that? And the one down... Come on now. And that church was blossoming. 
So he tried to, he, the pastor, got together and they were going to buy a buy the church. They were going to just buy the church from the denomination. And they refused. So he upped the offer and they refused. They turned around and they sold the church to an imam. Became a mosque. For one-third of the price. See, some of you, see, you, yeah, see, that's the way I reacted. You should see... So those of you who are at home, you should see some of the faces of the people in this congregation. Disbelief. That actually happened. See, that's my brothers and sisters. That's why I'm going to keep preaching hard and strong and keep saying to you guys, it's about the Word of God. Because once we compromise the Word of God, once we start doing things like that, well, that's not the, the Jesus that I serve. Wouldn't Well, the Jesus that you're serving and the Jesus that I'm serving are two different people. The Jesus, if you're saying Jesus don't approve of those scriptures, then you're not serving the same God that I'm serving. And I don't, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to say you're wrong and I'm right. I'm not saying nanny, nanny. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I've read this book, you see. And, I, and, and when I read this book, and that's why I use a lot of scripture, y'all, because I don't want anybody, anybody ever to say, thus saith Tony. Tony don't say anything. Tony wants to say what the Word of God says. My brothers and sisters, listen, Scripture interprets Scripture. If, if God is holy and righteous, and, and if God has said those things in multiple locations in the book, those things that are abominations to Him, why in the world would I come along eons later and say, well, no, God, well, he, he was only kidding. Or, no, that... that Man put that in there. Okay, well then you show me what else is man-made in here and what is spirit-breathed in here. Because this Scripture says of itself, all Scripture is spirit-breathed. And it's not, you know, it's not for anyone's personal interpretation. So i got to study this. And that's what the Apostle is saying to the young pastor here, Timothy. Man, study Study. Make sure you rightly divide the word of truth that you're that you're saying this, that you're break, that you're that you're preaching it accurately, that you're teaching it accurately. Why? If not all of it's the word of God, then what does it matter? Then what is our faith then? See, this is the problem, my brothers and sisters, because someone could say to me, "Man, I've got strong faith. I believe this." Okay, if you believe something that's not true you're going to be shaken. See, only the truth stays firm. Only the truth remains. So if you believe something that is not true, or it's partially true, or it sounds true, uh, hey, I'm a man. Maybe I've made a mistake. I want you to make sure, that's why I'm giving you Scripture references, that's why I'm giving you the, I'm actually reading from the Scripture, and I'm going to tell you where I'm reading it from. You better go and check it out. And not only that, you better make sure that I ain't taking any of it out of context. That's why I always try to tell you, if I'm reading part of it, where I'm coming from. What I tried to give you a little earlier, the context by which this apostle is saying this or that. My brothers and sisters, you need to check it out. You need to check it out. You don't need to hear me and say, well, Tony said it, so it's true. No, I I am not going to purposely lead anybody astray. I reverence God. I have the fear of the Lord in me because I know that your blood will be on my hands. So I have to tell you the truth. Likewise, if I say to you, oh, it's okay. See, it's okay. See, don't worry about it, man. Go out there and do what you've got to do, man. You've already professed Christ. Everything's going to be all right. No. That's all right. Yeah, but Tony, but you know, no, that's okay. God loves you. It's good. It's okay. Don't worry about it. No, you know what I'm going to say? God loves you. I love you. Let's get down over here and let's pray through. 
I love you. God loves you. He died on that cross so that you don't have to remain in that kind of bondage. God died on that cross and He rose from the dead to prove to you that you can be free because even death couldn't hold Him. So this little thing that you're suffering right here, He can't in no way be bound by it. Hallelujah! And He won't allow you to be bound by it. Jesus but we have all of our young people now being told this and that and the other thing. And, you know, oh, well, you know, tolerance. We love everybody. Listen, love does not mean that you tolerate every little thing. In fact, if I love you, I want to make sure I correct you. How many of us have raised kids in here? When they wanted to play with fire, did we let them? Now, if some of you say yes, I'm calling DCF right now. Yeah, that'll teach them. (laughs) That'll teach them. You know, blowing up eyebrows and hair and everything. Yeah, that'll teach him. No, man, hey, well, uh, I'm going to let my kid play in traffic. Yeah, they get hit by a car. Well, they won't do that again. How ignorant is that? See, I'm even saying it, and I sound ignorant, don't I? Doesn't I sound? Well, you know, well, you know, maybe it won't kill them, but they'll never play in traffic again. So isn't that the same thing that we do when we know what the Word of God says and we allow things to go on and on and on knowing that the end thereof leads unto our destruction? I love my children. I love my grandchildren. i got a couple of nice ones sitting right there in the back row. Hallelujah. I love my children. I love my grandchildren. I want to make sure that they know the truth. I want to make sure that they have the Word of God. I want to make sure that even as it, can, it, it just to this life, if I saw one of my grandchildren picking up, you know, why do we even childproof our houses? Why, why, do we put, you know, why do we do that? I'm sure Rachel and Mitch would be childproofing their house any time now. But why are we going to do that? Of course, you love them. You don't want them to get anything that's going to hurt or harm them or even take them down the road which they cannot return from. My brothers and sisters, that is how our God feels about us. And that's how we are supposed to feel about each other. I cannot let you go down that road that leads to your, that leads to your destruction. If I love you, that doesn't mean I've got to go ahead and let your behavior that's going to kill you continue. Because I, you know, I don't want to offend. So, it's okay. No, no, no. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll pray about it. No, no, stop. No, here. God loves you. God has given you a way to avoid that. Yeah, but you know what? I'm going I'm to speak to this because inevitably this comes up all the time. Addictions. Drugs, legal or otherwise. Sexual addictions. These things always come up. Um, same-sex attractions. I can't help it, Pastor. It's in me. I mean, okay, all right. So here's what you do. You come to church. You get around people who love Jesus and who are going to love on you. And you allow them to pray with you. Not just for you, but with you. See, because if I'm just praying for you, but you're not praying, it ain't going to work. It's not going to work. See, they're going to pray with you. You know, I really recognize, Pastor, I really recognize that the Lord doesn't want, but I can't help it. This is, it's really hindering me. Or, or smoking, even smoking cigarettes. I mean, right, you know, I can't help it, Pastor. I, I know it's not good for me. I know it's, you know, it, it, but I, I just, there's chemicals in those things. I know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm messing up the temple of God. I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I just can't help it. This nicotine has got me. Yep. 
But that's okay because me and you together, we already know somebody and we've acknowledged it in our heart and with our mouth that Jesus is bigger than all that. The problem is now we've got we to gotta work on the execution. And how do we do that? We do it together. We don't condemn each other. I don't point at you and you point at me. I'm not in competition with you. I'm your brother. I love you. How can I be in competition with you? What I want to do is get... I want to lock arm in arm with you and I want to do battle with the enemy. You can't have them. It is written. Hallelujah. But what are our children being told and shown? All over social media, all the atmosphere that we're currently under, and all of this. My word. There's going to come a time when churches will be absolutely, positively um, overseen by the government in this country. Now, I'm not standing here, and I'm probably getting flagged right now on the Internet. I'm not standing here and asking anybody to take up arms against the government. That's not, I'm a law-abiding citizen, and I will obey the law. But I will also tell you that I know just enough of the law to be dangerous. And I also know God, who has commanded me to have fellowship with you. Nobody's going to stop that. Nobody. is. No one's going to stop that. Amen? See, because if they separate us, they can break us up into little groups. They start marginalizing the churches, start making the churches dance a certain, to a certain tune, and then the word gets watered down. See, and then when the shaking comes, guess what? Because why? Because the truth is this firm foundation. What does Jesus say? I am the way, the... Truth and the life. In the beginning was the? The Word was with God. The Word was God. So the Word, the truth, Jesus, they're all synonymous. So my life, the foundation of my life, has to be Jesus, the Word, the truth. And anything other than that, when, when things shake, I fall. I tumble. Are you with me? On the other hand, if we could keep each other stirred up, in love, the truth, because that's also synonymous. God is love. Jesus is God. All the same. All one. Am I confusing anybody? No, they're all synonymous. Right? If we stir each other up in love, in God, in the good works, we're not going to shake. We're helping to keep each other on that foundation. We're helping each other to follow that cornerstone. Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's what this is all about. Fellowship. I need you. Don't get all weepy. I need you. We need each other. I want you to stir me up. I want you to hold me accountable. If I start acting a fool, I hope one of you are brave enough to say, you're acting a fool. As long as it ain't my wife. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, because she's already told me. That. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Right? I'm try, I, you know, a little levity is fine and all that, but you know what I mean. And we need each other. And we don't. And I, I need you to be honest with me. I don't need you to be brutally honest with me. I need you to tell me the truth in love. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. In Second Corinthians, chapter one. 
beginning in verse 19. I love this. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes, no, but in him was yes. Now let me pause here. I want to give you context again. What the Apostle Paul is doing, he's trying to give them, he's speaking to them because he had planned to go and see them earlier. Right? But he didn't go. So he's trying to say, I'm not wishy-washy. I'm not going to say yes and then no or no. You know, when I say yes, it means yes. No means no. But, you know, but now let me uh, finish this and hopefully we'll be able to, you'll see what he's saying here in its totality. So in verse 20 he says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen. That is important to you and me. So that means all the promises of God, from Genesis to Revelation, they are all yes and amen. That means whatever He promised, you got. Oh yeah, well that sounds good, Tony, but remember, don't follow your butt. Remember, you have faith, you believe, you trust. If you read the Word, you study the Word, you're a student of the Word, you have faith in the Word, All the promises are yes and amen in Him. To the glory of God through us. Now He who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who is also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Now, I want to pause here for a minute because so much of this has been abused through the years and you've heard me say this from this very pulpit and many of you have been with me for years. The problem with this is people think that Holy Spirit is just a feeling. You get the hair standing up on the back of your neck or you get excited. Well, I could do that with good bands, smoke, lights, and the whole nine yards. That's not always Holy Spirit. And the problem is our kids, our young people, and those who are young in the Lord are being trained and taught that way that you know that's the holy spirit the true anointing the true flow of the holy spirit's been replaced with some of that however i am not going to say that none of that exists the holy ghost does not exist in that it does exist in that but also the holy the spirit exists this way conviction when you go to do something wrong teaching you actually what the word says giving you understanding as to what you're reading Having you understand what the will of God is and giving you the power to do it. Grace and Holy Spirit, in my opinion, are synonymous. So my brothers and sisters, yeah, He's sealed us with the Spirit. Well, see, I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. I can never, ever, ever walk away. You can walk away because He did not override your will. You can still will to do what you want to do. And do it. See, the Holy Spirit seals the fact that I've been promised this promise. And God is never going to go back on His Word. Every, all the promises of God are yes and in Him, amen. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit, when I gave my heart to Christ, I mean truly gave my heart to Christ, something happened. Something inside changed. And that was just the beginning. Are you with me? And many of you would say yes and amen because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Then later on, as I grew in the Lord, I started understanding the Word a little bit more. I, faith cometh by hearing. I heard some Word. I heard some faith that was being... I, or I heard some Word and I'm reading the Word and it got mixed with faith. And so I started believing and trusting God for other things. Started growing in the Lord and started being able to do things that I couldn't do on my own and not do things that I wasn't supposed to do. If I, if I was left to my own, I couldn't do it. All the willpower in the world would have kept me from doing it for a while until certain situations and so you come on you know what I'm saying 
So my brothers and sisters, man, it was that, that seal, that Holy Spirit that got in me. And then that same Holy Spirit, when I was seeking more and more and more and more, it was that same Holy Spirit that, listen, that Jesus baptized me with. Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit. It was that Jesus who baptized me with His Spirit. And I began to speak in tongues as He gave me the utterance. And there were things that happened. People were, I, w- I, I was able to do and see mighty works of God that I would not have been able to see without His Spirit. But see, my brothers and sisters, it started when I gave my heart to Christ, when I repented and said, Jesus, I need to go Your way. Help me. And His Spirit came in me. I received this Spirit of adoption. I can now call God my Dad. Not just my Creator. And now Dad, through His Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Truth, is now in me. And He's able to teach me and guide me. Come on now! But I still got to go with it. Hallelujah. But now I have this understanding, you see, because of the Spirit. And I know that all of His promises are yes and amen. Hallelujah. And He's glorified by it. See, that's the whole benefit of this thing. It's not so just for my benefit. It's for His benefit. It's so that He could be seen. That the invisible God may be visible to everybody that we can build His church. So that His body is being built up. Hallelujah. Verse 23, Moreover, I call God as a witness against my soul that to spare you I came no more to Corinth. You see what Paul is saying there? What Paul is saying, I didn't come because if I would have came, you wouldn't have liked it. That's what he's saying. He said, I, 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 he said, I was really, I was wanting to come, but if I would have, if I would have came, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have liked it. What, what would happen? I would have had to tell you the truth, you see. That's what Paul was saying. I would have had to tell you something you didn't want to hear. You weren't ready to hear what I was going to say to you. So I stayed away. See, my brothers and sisters, we can't continue to act that way. But Paul also says prior to this, in every time I write you, I don't give, I'm not writing anything between the lines. I'm straight up with you. I'm straight up with you because that's the only way that you're going to be built up and edified. That's the only way you're going to be qualified. My brothers and sisters, this is truth. He's telling truth. I didn't come because if I would have said what I was going to say, it would not have been good. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. See, here's what he's saying. Listen, I'm not the arbiter of your faith. I'm not the, the, the keeper of your faith. Man, you have to have your own faith. You have to stand on your own faith. You have to grow your own faith. All that is you. In Ephesians, I mean, I'm sorry, in Philippians he says, we're all to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God in us, both to will and to do our good, uh, according to His good pleasure. My brothers and sisters, this is what this is about. Everybody's got to row their own boat. But, again, well, that, so you said we need each other. Yeah, we do. Because we're rowing the boat. Sometimes my arm gets a little tired. Maybe I need you to tow me just a little bit for, for just a little while. Maybe I'm hitting some rough water, you see. And if, Someone's not there to catch me. If, if Eddie, my brother, not there to catch me, babe, I'm going over to Waterfall, baby. No, Eddie loves me. So Eddie's not going to let me go over to Waterfall. Yeah, I've got to row my own boat, you see. But there's a time and a place where, man, maybe I'm just getting a little bit, just a little bit frustrated. I'm getting just a little bit. I've, gotten, I've got this little weak thing going on. The enemy of my soul is trying to remind me of my past. And I'm thinking, man, I can't. And so Eddie 
or somebody, one of my brothers, one of my sisters, the Lord Himself is reaching out to you. Say, man, I'm going to pray for Pastor Tony. Well, then go ahead and do it because maybe Tony needs a little bit of help rowing his boat right now. Oh, come on now. Yeah, we're all responsible for our own faith, but we're in it together. See, I'm so sick of every day on the TV saying, this is going to sound bad. Michelle said, don't say that. people." Are going to... Man, I'm so sick of this TV and all these commercials. And all these... We're in it together. If we're in it together, then why are you keeping me isolated in my house? We're in it together. But everybody who is a law-abiding citizen must stay in their house. The prisoners, we're going to let them out. Huh? Okay, now watch. I'm not, again, listen to me. I am not saying, we should be against the government. This is not an anti-government thing. What I'm saying is, we need to believe in the truth. We need to stand on the foundation. We need to build, be built on the truth, His Word, and stand on it, because it's shaking right now. It's shaking right now. Where do you stand? Hallelujah! Keep it stirred up. Keep it stirred up. Man, grow in your faith. Trust in God. Believe in His Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to read this psalm to you, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to do communion. Psalm 62, 5-7. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. Did you hear that? My expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. You can stir me, but you ain't going to move me. (laughs) I'm standing on that rock. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I hope that what this does is inspire all of us. Where are our feet planted? Look down at your feet real quick. Where are my feet planted? That's right, man. Am I standing on that rock? And what is that rock? Jesus. How how do you know if it's Jesus under there? Is it the Word? Are you building your life on the Word of God? Are you standing on the whole truth of God? Amen. So you let Holy Spirit minister to you. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 In a moment, I'm going to ask Tony to just play a little bit of music, just softly, because I want to give everybody here and um, the folks listening just a few minutes. You need to go ahead and just, in light of what you heard, because it's not an accident, and I didn't plan this message when, we, when I planned the communion. So, in light of this message, maybe, where are you with God, and maybe you need to make it right before we receive communion. Amen? So where are you with God?